Welcome to Horror Cafe, where we're serving up a cup of horror, one episode at a time. I'm Jackie. I'm Erica. And this is Sci-Fi Horror Month. We are doing episode five, and we're talking all about the 1997 movie, Event Horizon. (laughs) So, you liking what I whipped us up this morning? Oh, I love this. (laughs) You can do this every time. uh, Yes, I could. Um, I made us a delicious cafe con leche, and I also made us some buttered Cuban toast. It feels like we're at a cafe. Yeah. Actually, to me, it makes me feel like I'm back with my mom, living with my mom and dunking the toast into the coffee. It's good stuff. <laughs> it is good stuff. Anyway, so you want to read the plot? Of course. When the Event Horizon, a spacecraft that vanished years earlier, suddenly reappears, a team is dispatched to investigate the ship. Accompanied by the Event Horizon's creator, Dr. William Weir, the crew of the Lewis and Clark, led by Captain Miller, begins to explore the seemingly abandoned vessel. However, it soon becomes evident that something sinister resides in its corridors and that the horrors that befell the Event Horizon's previous journey are still present. Wow. Academy Award. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Actually, a Golden Globe. Somehow I prefer those to the Academy Awards. They have more categories. I feel like true winners are there. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. Go figure. Um, So, about this movie. I remembered nothing. You had seen this? Yes. Your dad and I had seen it. I probably when it came out. Okay. Um, I just remembered that Sam Neill was in it, and I really love him. He's he's amazing. Okay. As, he's he's a what I like about him is that he has played so many different roles, and he evolves in them really well. And the most recent thing I saw him in was in um, Peaky Blinders. He was in the oh. first, and I think maybe the second season of it. Okay. And he did such a great job. Nice. So okay. that's about all I remembered about this. I had heard about this movie for years and it's on horror lists and they're always saying that it's very scary and disturbing. I finally watched it a couple of months ago. It was free on some on cable and I I agree. I liked it. And I think for the time mm-hmm. it was... A good movie. I still think it's a fun, scary space movie that wasn't like Alien or just, you know, went on its own thing because it's basically a haunted ship. Yeah. And I do love a haunted house. So it was up my alley. Yeah. And we do have Archie, our executive producer, in the house today. So if you hear some scratching and jingling, it's him. And he he wholeheartedly approved of this movie, I think. Well, he does watch these movies with us. Yes, he does. He does. He participates. (laughs) He does participate. And now it's time for movie facts. Would you like to lead the way? Of course. Rotten Tomatoes. The critics gave it a whopping 31. (laughs) And the audience gave it a 61. It was released on August 15th of 1997. Wow. Yep. This is uh, a shocker. It w- it had a budget of $60 million, 
and it grossed $42 million. Yeah. That's yeah. rough. From That's what rough. I read, the film was definitely a commercial and critical flop. Hmm. But it began to rise in the whole video mm-hmm. thing. And that's how it actually accumulated a um a, a cult, following a, a cult following yeah and a apparent <laughs> apparently it did so well that Paramount actually reached out to Anderson um to like maybe restore some of the deleted footage mm-hmm. but apparently some of it was lost or destroyed and they were not able to mm. add in some of that stuff. So, maybe mysteriously disappeared. Yes, maybe it went into the event horizon, the, In black, the black hole. hole. And one of the things that happened with this movie, I don't know if you read this, is that the filming and the editing was rushed because... I did read that. Titanic was behind on production, apparently. And I guess they came out on the set or around the same. Mm. They were supposed to come out on the set. The same. Why am I having trouble today? <laughs> In the same year. And... It was just heavily edited so that it would be released, and mm. um, Anderson was not happy about it at all. Maybe that's the downfall of the movie. Yeah, is the rushing of that. Of course, I it mean sucks. anything that you rush in editing, yeah, in post is just—it's going to show. Mm. And I actually I do like the movie. I mean, I know I'm ahead of myself, but I, I did enjoy it. Um, Having not remembered anything about it except that Sam Neill was in it, um, I did like it. I I enjoyed it a lot. And of course, they would rush editing on a horror movie. Uh, Well, why not? (laughs) Always on the back burner. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So let's talk about who the cast is. So let's do this. I'll read off the character and you can tell us who the actor is. Because this cast, I mean, this movie actually has a lot of actors a lot that you're like oh shit it's you (laughs) yeah and let's start it right off we have captain miller who is the captain of the lowest lois lewis and clark Clark. Mm -hmm. ship that goes out to the event horizon and he is played by that is played by none other than lawrence fishborn Mm -hmm. then we have dr william weir it is weir right yeah Weir. Mm -hmm. and he is the creator of the i don't if I don't know if he's the creator of the ship, but he's the creator of that machine. Yes, the core. Right, that mm-hmm. can travel through space mm-hmm. at super speed. Yep. And that is played by none other than Sam Neill. We have Peters, who is the medical tech, and she has a child. That's important to say for mm-hmm. later. Played by Kathleen Quinlan. Okay. We have Lieutenant Stark who is the other female in the movie, and she is the communications person and of that, the ship. And that's played by Jolie Richardson. We have Cooper, who is the rescue tech. That is played by Richard T. Jones. We have Justin, the engineer. Played by Jack Nose Noseworthy. Yes. Oh, that's a cool Interesting. last name. We have DJ, who is the medical doctor of the ship. And that is played by Jason Isaac. Who, when I watched this a couple of months ago, I kept looking at this guy. Like, who is this? Who is this? And I wait until the end of the movie because I don't want to look up the cast and then the movie gets ruined somehow by spoilers. This is, for me, the most notable thing is that he plays Lucius Malfoy in Harry Potter. Yeah. The minute you said it, when we were watching it, it's like, oh, shit, yeah, it is him. Yeah. 
Because I kept looking at him like, I've seen this guy somewhere. Right. But he's done other movies besides yes. Harry Potter. He has. And I've seen him in some really good roles, but yep. for some reason he just, like I know him, but I don't know him right. when I see him. You know what I mean? So yeah. yeah, that was pretty cool. And then last but not least, we have Smith or Smitty as they call him, and he is the pilot of the ship. And that is played by Sean Partwee, who played the role of um, Alfred in the show Gotham. Yes. So there you go. Some yeah. familiar I, faces throughout he, this whole movie. I was kind of really shocked because, again, same thing with the um, Jason Isaac character. Mm -hmm. I was looking at him and like, this guy looks familiar. Yeah. But he's way younger than mm -hmm. what he was in the show. Yeah. And he's actually a pretty attractive guy. Yeah. He's all right. Yeah. And what made me, him I did recognize eventually on my own. Mm -hmm. And actually what gave him away for me was his voice. Yes, he does he have has a, a good voice. voice. He has a good voice. Yeah. We have met our fabulous cast and cast of characters. Now we can just Jump dive in. in. <laughs> <laughs> like any typical 90s movie, I feel like we start with this weird, cheesy 90s I think they're trying to make it like a space sound, but mixed with, I guess, rock or dance music. I don't really know what they were going for, but it doesn't, I don't feel like it matches what the movie is. Yeah, it kind of throws it off a little bit. Yeah. But that was your 90s movie thing. I don't mm -hmm. know why that happened, but, and we talked about this recently in some other movie that we saw that had the same, mm -hmm. oh, um, that video game one. Stay Alive? Stay Alive, yes. Mm -hmm. It was like, wow, could this be any cheesier music-wise? Yeah. I so. mean, and that was in the early 2000s, which was still kind of meshing with late 90s. Yeah. So everything, I mean, it's, the date is, the, that's what dates this movie. Mm -hmm. Because since it takes place in space, I've noticed that space movies sometimes, they don't age, they age well because there's, it's the future mm -hmm. and it's a make-believe place. So you don't feel like you're in the 90s, but it's the music that dates it. Yeah. Maybe they should reconsider, like, updating that music <laughs> a little bit. Just or a little bit. maybe that's the appeal. Like, it's like, oh, here we go. But then there is that. There is that bit of appeal to it. So. But I don't know. I just feel like it takes away from the seriousness and the scare factor of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, just initially. And then yeah. it's fine. So before we even get into the movie. Mm. Let's talk about the title, Event Horizon. Mm -hmm. So I had to look it up because I know that this is an astrophysics type of word or thing. I don't oh, know. Okay. I'm not at that level ever mm -hmm. near it. And I actually looked it up and it said, what is it in simple terms? Because I'm like, I read stuff and I'm like, I don't know what the hell I'm reading. I, this doesn't make any sense. Here's what an event horizon in quote unquote simple terms is. Layman's terms, like they said in the yeah. movie? <laughs> yeah. It's the boundary defining the region of space around a black hole. I get it so far. Okay. From which nothing, not even light, can escape. What? <laughs> in other words, the escape velocity, here's where I'm like, what? For an object within the event horizon exceeds the speed of light. Your face is priceless. 
Okay. Well, that explains why the ship is named that, since they are trying to travel. Well, not trying. They did. Or Right. But the invention is to travel through a black at hole at light speed by kind of creating a or creating a black hole to use it to go to another right dimension or something it's not another dimension it's just to get to the other side of yeah, the universe space, right not but, dimension but yeah. space yeah but technically they went into another dimension is what that opened yeah yeah it sure did open a lot i'm pretty sure i said this in sci-fi month last year and i'll keep saying it because to me, like a good haunted house story, and I've gotten into sci-fi a little bit more recently, in this aspect, there's nothing like a good space story mm-hmm. because it is terrifying. Kind of like an abandoned ship or being lost at sea. They're both like, you're so screwed that it's it's like your mind can't contemplate Space is more because at least the ocean, I mean, you're still on Earth. Okay, let's talk about that for a minute. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but we have talked about this. Mm -hmm. There are some places that I have no interest in going ever, ever, okay? And that is space. Same. There is no way, there is no fail safe in space. Yeah. If something goes wrong, you are screwed. No matter what. Okay, and and it can apply somewhat to the ocean, but there's always a little bit of hope. Mm -hmm. You're still on this planet, on this orb, but you're not out there floating about. Literally. And I I find that terrifying. There is is. no coming back. As much as, what was the name of that movie that is with- Gravity? uh, Yes. Mm -hmm. I found that to be the most ridiculous movie ever. I'm sorry if I'm insulting people out there, but- no, that's just the the possibilities of that happening mm. are just ridiculous. I had read something about that after we saw the movie and I'm like, okay, so I am not wrong here in this. There is no way to survive out there. If something goes wrong, you may as well just say goodbye. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I I'm not interested in going to space even if it's for what I think what they're trying to do now, which is you can go in a shuttle to literally orbit the Earth and then come back, mm-hmm. kind of like like a tourist thing. Um, no, I'm I'm okay. I am not going to do that. I would not put myself in that situation. Yeah, because yes, I agree. The ocean, you can at least land on a random island, right. and like Castaway, or I don't know. It's just space is terrifying, mm-hmm. and it makes for good horror because it's also mysterious. Right. We don't know what's out there. Yeah. So this could conceivably happen because you could open another dimension that you don't know what you're screwing around with. Mm-hmm. And then what? Yeah. No, that's okay. Black holes are just okay, black, another level of terror. That is another, <laughs> like I have watched many shows on that, on Discovery and Sci-Fi, um, uh, the Science Channel, not Sci-Fi Channel, the Science Channel. Mm-hmm. And I f- find them horrifyingly fascinating. Yeah. It boggles my mind when I when I watch shows about black holes. They really scare the hell out of me. Yeah. And because... how it just absorbs everything into mm-hmm. it, everything. And then it it ceases to exist that we know of. Or goes to another dimension. 
<laughs> Who knows? It is so scary. It is. When you really stop to think about it, it's just, it hurts my brain to think about the expanse of space and mm-hmm. that we, I mean, we can't even go to Mars. Right. I mean, it's, it's too much. Yeah. It's too much. It's too scary. I don't like the idea of like what happened to one of the characters in this, that he started floating away like that. Mm-hmm. No, no. Mm-mm. Nope. I'm good. Keep me on Earth. Keep me in the ocean. Fuck it. I'm scared of the ocean, but less yeah, now. I, I'll take that over space <laughs> and just floating out there until yeah. you die. Can you imagine? No. <laughs> You're out there in a spacesuit just floating about. Yeah. And and then there's radiation mm-hmm. and, 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 and. Yeah. And apparently very cold, <laughs> yeah. I presume. Yeah, it's not okay. It's not okay. Anyway, <laughs> the, the movie is obviously taking place in the future and it's going through multiple dates and at some point it reaches actually um, 2032 or something like that, which is scary because we're ten, almost at that date. 10 years away. Yet... We're like nowhere near any of this. No, we're not. Which is so interesting when when you watch these old movies and they, I think creators and when they're writing these movies, they think maybe that's where we're going to be. Kind of like mm-hmm. Back to the Future thought we were going to have flying cars. Right. And we're nowhere near. I'll push it even further back. Mm-hmm. I believe the Jetsons at around the, oh, the cartoon, right. the Jetsons, uh-huh. I believe that they were forecasting all those very mm-hmm. high text things yeah. happening around this time, around twenty in the in the two mm. thousands. Interesting. Well, yeah. we do have robots, like we do robot vacuums. E- yes, yes, but nothing like the robot made but, in the yeah. in the Jetsons. Nothing like her. Not nothing like Rosie the Rosie, robot. Rosie, there we go. I couldn't remember her name. <laughs> anyway, we digress. So the premise of the movie is very straightforward, Mm -hmm. simple. The Event Horizon was out on a, let's call it mission. They've disappeared. It's come back, but there's no communication with the ship. So they sent out the the Lewis Lewis and Clark. I have this issue with pronouncing names. I don't know what's going on with me. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) And... They bring on Dr. Weir, who, like we mentioned earlier, created this core. core, And that's why he's there, Mm -hmm. right? Because he wants to go see his creation. And this is a top secret mission that the crew doesn't even know until they're out in space that it gets revealed that that's what they're going to go do. And they're all really upset about this, except Dr. Weir, because apparently all of them were on some kind of leave. Yes. And they had to be taken out of leave. To go and take this guy to the event horizon. Correct. And one of them is uh, Peters, who has the child. And, you know, like, I guess they're, her and the husband are separated or something's going on. Mm -hmm. So she feels bad leaving the kid behind. Like, everybody had a Everybody has some kind, and also everybody had some kind of issue fear or trauma Mm -hmm. that they were dealing with on an emotional and um yeah yeah, on a a personal level yes which is interest which is not just interesting but also Mm -hmm. pivotal to the plot of this movie yes um one of the things that we're when he's talking to the crew about the the event horizon and what it can do is and this is just again another mind-boggling thing Mm -hmm. is that it was the gravity drive, which is that core, 
would be able to fold space time. Yes. He literally took like, I think he took like a sheet of paper. Maybe he like, if mm-hmm. he was, and he folded it in half, like saying, this is what that means. Yep. And put a hole through it saying the pencil is the ship. Right. And, and it goes right it's through crazy. It. It, it sounds insane it and does. terrifying. And to- what does that do? What does that technology really open? Yeah, exactly. Right? That's insane. So is it, did the Event Horizon, because maybe I did miss this, it did this, right? It it flew through space it and then went, came back. Yes, it went through its, uh, the Event Horizon, the black hole of it. Yes. Because it was on a mission to go to Proxima Centauri mm-hmm. is what it was. Okay. And it disappeared. It was its maiden voyage, the first time it went out. Mm-hmm. And it disappeared. And then seven years later... It comes back into orbit around Neptune. I mean, the furthest planet in our system. <laughs> nice. And that's when they send the Lewis and Clark to go check it okay. out with Dr. Weir. Is it doctor? Is he doctor? Doctor, yeah. yeah. Dr. Because so I, I wasn't sure if it was that the event horizon never left because something happened. No, no, no. Or it, it went did through, leave. It did leave. And then and it come came back. back seven years later. It just beep. Hey. Hey, it's back. I want to know, how is it possible to be that far in space and you can still technically communicate with Earth? Because that's what they're trying to imply, that their comms were down. It's like, what comms? You were you were able to talk back home? Like, that doesn't make sense to me. Well, I mean, I'm sure there's it's some... It's the future. <laughs> it may not even be the future. It may be possible. I don't know. I don't either. Unless They're, they have multiple satellites along the way by well, then. Well, they did mention that they, in the in the case of the Lewis and Clark, mm-hmm. they were very far from their outpost, mm-hmm. which tells me that by 2047, which is when this is taking place, mm. we've already created outposts throughout right. the different planets in our solar system. That's scary. Nope, yeah. still not happening. So we're probably polluting those planets too. Yeah. <laughs> so the the team is very annoyed at this mission. Captain Miller in particular is very resentful towards Dr. Mm-hmm. Weir. Like he's, I mean, he's not mean, but he's not very welcoming. And he's just like, let's do this. And get it over and with. And get it over with and go home. Because, I mean, this is, they think it's ridiculous that they went to yeah. go looking for this. They do find this ship, and I, as the audience member, I don't know if this happened to you, I already think that the Lewis and Clark ship is big, but -hmm. when they find the Event Horizon ship, it's huge. I mean, it's massive. Why? Why? Why is everything in space massive? Why is it always cold? Cold in the sense of, like, why is it all white in there? It's always that... I presented this question during Alien too, mm-hmm. and very mechanical. Like, can't they paint and make it look less cold, industrial? And like, why is it always this? I wonder. Because it serves a function, and there's no other. There's no need for interior decorating. And I find that strange, though, because since we're humans and we like to decorate, <laughs> it's just odd. That's all. It's <laughs> a strange question. It's it's fine. I mean, I get it. I, and as far as why are the ships massive, they have to be. They're supporting life. That's true. I mean, That's fair. They're supporting life. They have to carry what life needs to 
function to function mm. so i can understand why it has to be massive that that to me actually makes sense what doesn't make sense is how it just hangs out <laughs> and how Let's... it how it just floats but then I, i'm gonna go into airplanes i i get that it has to do with the speed and this and that still doesn't it make sense. still freaks me out when i see a plane just floating in the air because it's a chunk of metal yeah in the air at least here and then in space i mean there's no gravity so i think that I don't know. I just I don't the even thought of think gravity it. itself is pretty freaky. It is. It is. Yeah. They get to the event horizon and they send three people to go in and investigate the ship. I thought this was pretty cool. I don't think I had seen this in another space movie, or I just mm -hmm. don't remember. They have magnetic boots. Yes. So that they automatically like because there's no gravity yet. Right. I, I could swear that I have seen that. You, we might have, but... I think it was an alien. Was it? Yeah. Oh, well, for some reason, it stood out to me in this. I thought that was kind of cool. And the first thing that they mention about the ship is that it's a... It seems like a tomb mm -hmm. in there. Yeah. And I mean, you can tell when they go in right away that... Yeah, there's ship floating everywhere. It's yeah. dark. There's no one in there. It's funny how when they go into that, I guess that... I'm going to call it a hallway because I don't know what right. else to con call it. But yeah. it connects one side of the ship where the the um, the core thing is. What it, What is it called? The gravity drive is. Mm. And then the other side of it. Right. Um, they go in through there and everything's just floating and it feels like what it is, cold. Yeah. It looks like if you took your glove off, your face glove off, mm. it would be freezing cold in there. Yeah. It feels like your hand would probably just freeze in an instant. Right. <laughs> But God. it's amazing how they can impart that. Yeah. With just those visuals. Yeah. And he and you also just get the sense of abandonment and that something very wrong went down here. You think? I mean, we knew this anyway. Oh, and on their way there, they had a what was it? They always have this, right? The final transmission mm -hmm. from the ship that they're trying to decipher, but it's in Latin. Right. Who DJ the medical doctor says, oh, I know Latin. And he initially thought it was something, but then later it's really something else. That recording is pretty creepy, though. Is it? Yeah. Do you want to hear it? Sure. But first, let's take a quick break. Now that we're back, let's go ahead and listen to that last transmission. I don't know, man. If I heard that recording, I would be, you know what? Perhaps we should just... Head back? Yeah. Mm -mm. But see, they didn't know, and they present this when they're already out on this mission. I know, but Ugh. there's a lot of things that we're, is weird about. <laughs> yeah. Um, because when the movie starts, he's actually having... They're in that hyper sleep or whatever it's called. Yeah. And he's having a nightmare. And as the movie moves on, I feel like the ship mm -hmm. or whatever you want to call it. I'm going to call it the ship. Yeah. For lack of a, a, a better is. word. The ship was already influencing him. Yeah. I feel that he's already being influenced by the presence, the evil, the whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. That is on the event horizon even then. Before they even get there? Before they even get there. Because he sense. has a horrific nightmare. Yeah. 
With his wife. With his wife. It looks from what, because we don't really get the full story, but it seems like he may have been a workaholic. Mm-hmm. So his, and he neglected his wife because she committed suicide. She did. She committed suicide. In a bathtub. Yeah. That and was a pretty graphic scene. Extremely graphic. Yeah. And I think it was when, I think I read somewhere um, that it was during his involvement with the event horizon. He became yeah. obsessed with it and just mm-hmm. ignored her. Do you think that his in, his creation of this machine and his involvement Maybe he already had the influence even then, but obviously it got stronger. Once it crossed once over. Once it crossed over and he was being called back in a sense. To, I think maybe you know? what I always look at as echoes of what he was involved with, with the, with the ship itself. Yeah. It stayed, it imprinted itself on the yeah. ship. And maybe that, because they, they go into a, the, the actual event horizon we discover later actually crossed into mm-hmm. another dimension right. that was pretty much the depiction of what hell would be right. and was an extreme sense of evil. So maybe it picked up on his dedication and what he lost with this ship. And of course, that it influenced him even from afar. Could be. I mean, I didn't get the sense that he was influenced before he mm-hmm. got there, but he was definitely obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. You can tell that he was fanboying his own creation. creation, but I can definitely see where he might have been influenced. I think great theory. Yeah. As they're exploring this abandoned ship, they finally do, they find this gravity core mm-hmm. what is it called again the gravity um, drive hold on <laughs> let me <laughs> i think that's what it's called yes uh, i have it written here it is called the gravity drive yes Perfect. all right <laughs> justin is the one that finds it this yeah. is a young guy he's the engineer mm-hmm. but the core is open right which according to dr weir it's not supposed to be right it can't self-activate right which is already scary that it was open when he walked in. Right. This Justin guy. Poor guy gets pulled in. And it's this weird, I don't even know what you can call it. It's like goo yeah. that he goes through. Right. But it's not gooey. Right. It looks like metal. Right. Maybe like liquid like metal. Like liquid metal. There like we go. Like something out of the Terminator. Remember right. when he, that. Yeah. Yeah. So he, but the thing is like he. I remember when he did this and you were like, what the hell are you doing? Of course. He sticks his finger through it. Mm-mm. And yeah, it looks kind of cool. And I can see why somebody mm-hmm. that's a young kid like this. and or anybody. he's like the baby of the crew. Yeah, he is. And he's all innocent and he's like gung-ho about exploring. He puts his finger in, but what he doesn't realize is he then he puts his arm through it and he gets pulled into it. Right. And he has a... St- I'm going to... Um- it's not a string, but it's some kind of pulley system so that the crew can always reel them back in. Mm-hmm. But it literally like snaps yep. because of how fast he got pulled in there. And that's I that's what opens the door to hell in this movie mm-hmm. is him going into this place. He does come back and the crew activates the gravity on the event horizon. Now, I found this scene very impressive and still good. There was a floating dead body mm-hmm. in there that they found, and it was missing eyes. That's a big thing in this. The eyes are yeah. missing in this movie to the dead people. And this guy they found floating. When the, when the gravity activates, 
he shatters yeah. when he hits the ground. That was creepy. Yeah, because you're. F- that means he was frozen. Right. Like solid ice. Mm-hmm. And obviously he's, he weighs and he just, I mean, it was so gross, but it aged well. It looked really good. It, it did look good. I have to say this movie, while it is much older, um, I still really thought the um, special effects were pretty good. I think so. They I, they aged well. And I thought the, the ships aged well. Like, you know, some of these space movies, because the technology obviously is much more modern now, but even they had big screens on there and touch screen. Like, I think, I'm sorry, even the technology aged pretty well mm-hmm. and just the appearance of the ship. Yeah, the ship actually, it actually looked pretty damn good. I yeah. had, and you know, usually I'm the one who will be like, Calling it out. Yeah. Like, come mm-hmm. on. Didn't you, like, couldn't you see a little further into the future and mm-hmm. make it more futuristic looking like in what movie was that? I forget. I think you said it in Alien. I, yes. You did say it aged poorly for you. For that. Yes. For that part of it. Yes. Absolutely. Right. So I thought it, I thought it did a pretty good job. Now, the thing that, though, that happens is when Justin goes through that goo, which mm-hmm. is basically a black hole mm-hmm. is really what it is. Yep. It, it causes some kind of weird shockwave that now runs into that damages the Lewis and Clark. Mm-hmm. So at this point, everybody mm-hmm. has to get on the ship. Because up until then, I think there were only three, three of them on the ship. Yes. And the other one stayed behind. Mm-hmm. Um, Smitty was adamant about not going on that ship. Now he doesn't have a, cho- a choice. Right. They all have to. Well, him and Cooper are right. going to fix mm-hmm. the Lewis and Clark. Right. However, there is now, of course, this is the problem with space. There is an air problem. Yeah. Right? Where if they don't, they they have 20 hours to fix their ship because then they're going to lose the air in the event horizon and they're going to die. Right. Isn't it by carbon Carbon monoxide monoxide. poisoning? That stuff gets me very confused. But the point is that they're going to lose air in 20 hours. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. 20 hours is a really long time. Yes, it is. And yet, it feels like they do time checks now throughout the rest of the movie. Right. All of a sudden, they have 16 hours left. Right. I can't remember the exact, but I'm just saying, what did you guys do in four hours? Right. You guys are just standing there. <laughs> they they go through these things of like arguing or just wandering around it's like, what are you guys doing? And then it turns into 10 hours. Right. You've got 10 hours left. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? Is it only poor Smitty and Cooper out there? What the hell are the rest of you doing? All of you should be helping. Even if you don't know how to weld, shit, give me a thing and I'll try. Hell no, I'm getting out of here. Fuck this. <laughs> There's none of this wasting time. However, mm-hmm. I thought about this as I was um, putting our outline together. Is it the ship that's making them lose time? Well, it's causing conflict. Right. Between them. Mm -hmm. I think that the influence of the ship is definitely causing them to waste time arguing back and forth. Right. So that, and and just playing with their heads. Right. Because clearly the ship or the evil that's on the ship is making their fears and traumas kind of come to life or to surface. Yes. 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 The first time we see it, 
technically it's with Dr. Weir. We, yeah, Weir, in his first dream. I think right. in his first dream. Right. Personally. He starts with, and it's all guilt ridden mm-hmm. with, with everyone. Peter's is in the medical area and there's this random tent in there, which was creepy. Right. Which wasn't there when they first go into the medical bay. Right. Yeah. And you see a hand moving in there. Mm-hmm. When she unveils it, it's her son with messed up legs. They are like lesions all over yeah. his legs. And it it's really creepy. It's creepy. And the way the kid looks at her yeah. is creepy. And initially you're like, what the fuck? Who are you? And then you realize it's her a vision mm-hmm. and it's guilt of not being there for her son. Yeah. And clearly something's going on with him because he has those lesions on his legs. Yeah. So something's up. Now, I do have to say that Lieutenant Stark, who's played by Jolie Richardson, she pretty much from the beginning realizes that something is not right. There is always that one person. Yes. <laughs> and she is basically saying something's wrong with this ship. And I, she's not yeah. talking about the physical state of the ship. Mm-hmm. She keeps telling them something is in this ship that's, yes. that's causing something, problems. Mm-hmm. She realizes that it's playing with their heads. And she tries to tell Miller. Yeah. But he's not having it. Yeah. Captain Miller is a very straightforward yeah. guy. But at the same time, he's starting to have his own Freak out. Yes. He sees a burning man mm-hmm. that I can't remember exactly how, but he's basically saying, why did you leave me? Right. And we find out later it's that he was on some other space mission mm-hmm. and basically had to leave, uh, I was going to say a cast member, a crew member mm-hmm. behind and he burned alive in right. this ship. Right. Because it was a situation of either I go and save you, but everybody dies or that's the impression I got. Mm-hmm. And, and clearly, he was already on fire, I think. As I think well. and, so, and too. And there was no way to save. It was either save the one or, or save the many. Right. And God, I'd hate to be put in a position yeah, like that. That's got to be terrible. And he made, I think, the right decision, but it right. doesn't mean that he was okay with that decision. Clearly. So clearly that's playing. So now the ship knows this yeah. and is playing with his head. Right. Little by little, they all start getting literally played. There's this cool scene where Dr. Weir... I forgot what, something malfunctioned, and he has to go into this chip room, I'm going to call it. It's where that gravity um, center is. is. Yeah, the gravity drive is. And there's like these panels, and Mm -hmm. he and um, Captain Captain Miller, Miller, I don't know why I can never remember his name, Captain Miller are in there, but Weir goes in through this panel, and it's like this very claustrophobic area where you see all these... Um, chipboards and things on on the wall. It looked very cool and it did not, in my opinion, look outdated. At all. I thought it was very like, wow, that is really cool. It is very cool. It was very green mm-hmm. in there. What scared me about that scene is that, I mean, it's all computer. Yeah. This That already means to me, thank you, Archie, that this is smarter than you. Mm-hmm. Look at all this. Yeah. It also gave me a flashback to Space Odyssey. Okay. Because that's also about a ship that's smarter mm-hmm. than the human. Yeah. So this gravity drive is smarter than anyone on that ship mm-hmm. combined. Including and its creator. In- exactly. That scene was so impressive in that because I thought of it beyond just, oh, it's a cool green chip room because Mm -hmm. it's just a very powerful computer. Yeah. And that's scary. It is scary. I don't like it. When you look (laughs) at what's going on now as far as computer tech, like AI itself, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and the the ability of it to create people that looked exactly like you in a computerized rendering. Yeah. That is really scary. Yeah, I don't like it. Tech horror. This is semi-tech horror in a way. Well, this part of it is. This part yeah, of it is. Yeah, for sure. He does, we get a, we get a cool suspenseful scene here where you think something's going to pop out, but then it kind of does, but doesn't. It does it kind of gracefully and it's his wife. Mm-hmm. But I think this is the beginning of the end for him, mm-hmm. meaning this is where the ship really kind of takes over. I think this is where he loses he it. He loses it, Mentally. Right. Correct. Yeah, I agree. Poor Justin is like the worst of this situation. Yeah, poor kid, man. Where he's still being influenced by the ship. We yeah. don't know what his trauma is. I don't think he per se has one. I just yeah. think it's preying on his on naivety and vulnerability. And and we have to say that Justin does emerge yes. from it. Mm-hmm. And he's like in a catatonic state. Right. So, yeah. But not the ship makes him go to this... I don't know what they call it. I think it, it's an airlock. An airlock. Yeah. Where, where you're going to go out to space. Right. But technically something should be there. Mm-hmm. Maybe another ship or some something right. to go into. But in his case, it's basically that he was going to kill himself by just going into space. Yeah. Because I, I think he when he comes out, he's like, he's seen some really horrible things. Yeah. On the other side. Right. Which I can't. Ugh. I think they did like a quick flash. Yeah. And it was very disturbing. It is. Yeah. Um, they do manage to save him, but he got really messed up. Well, because from he's the door in opening. decompression. That right. was a very like Ugh. tense moment it on was. there. It was like the whole are we gonna make it? Are we gonna make it? And he yeah. literally starts to bleed everywhere because yeah. of the decompression. That it was, was pretty pretty scary. And Miller is the one who who rescues who saves him. him. Yeah. Yeah. The Clark is back up and running. They're pretty much done fixing it <laughs> for yeah. now. Okay. Yeah. But we're still having problems. Now Peters ends up dying because she follows her fake son and she ends up plummeting to her, to death. her death. Yeah. Smith, poor Smitty, all he wants to do is get the fuck out of here. Yeah. He knows something's up. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and he gets he- a bomb planted by Weir. Oh, that's right. And so he blows up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. That's rude. And then, but the thing when this happens is that poor Cooper is still outside f- finishing on the ship and he gets blown out into space. You yeah. think he's dead. Mm-hmm. But he actually isn't dead. Right. He's just literally hanging out, floating in space. And he does something. He's ho- holding onto space junk from the ship. Right. <laughs> kind of like Titanic. Holding yeah. Onto- but he's brave. He uses his oxygen tank. Mm-hmm. He blows them so that he can propel himself back to the back ship. Back to the ship, yeah. Which works. Yeah, it does work. It does work. So Weir then kills poor DJ by like, I guess, performing surgery, quote unquote, on him awake. Mm-hmm. And then when you cut back to the scene when they find DJ, he's like, like in Midsommar, he's hanging from wires and he's all open yeah it was it was really gross and was it he um dj and weir who had that fight or was it with smitty i can't remember right now but there was a lot of attention with weir yeah and do you think that that tension was there not only because they were already resentful yes we Mm. know that but the ship 
played, played on the it. influence, the evil presence on the ship, yeah. played on that, and then got them to fight physically with each other. I, I can agree with that. The ship is taking advantage of these people the minute they got there. Yeah. So what is the goal of the ship? Is it to just keep feeding off of people? Hmm. Or is it just, I mean, it's a it's a life take, a soul taker. Because yeah. this is basically hell that he's opened. Yeah. Or that it's open. It is a hell. It yeah. is a dimension into an unknown universe or right. dimension. Yeah, universe dimension. I guess the same thing. Mm-hmm. But it is actually hell. It's evil. It is. There ain't nothing nice over there. <laughs> they get the idea that the only way to make it out of here, because now the Lois and Clark is done, it's it's blasted. They still have the event horizon. They need to steal canisters. I think it's carbon dioxide. I'm gonna, I don't mm-hmm. to make, you know, to get the air. So they're like, well, we got to blow up the gravity core. We got to separate it right. by blowing it up mm-hmm. the bridge and we got to get out of here. Yeah. Poor Captain Miller is the one that is choosing to go arm the bombs. Of course. And as always, T minus five minutes. Why is it always five minutes? Or 10 minutes. Or 10. Yeah. It can't be half an hour. You even said it can't be half an hour. Right. It's like, oh, all of a sudden you only have this. It's like, you got to give people some time for a bomb. (laughs) I don't know. And it's the same in gaming, like video games that end with having to blow shit up, which is a lot of the time they always do this shit, too. And you're trying to beat like the boss in 10, five, 10 minutes. I'm like, I need more time, people. (laughs) Like, what is this? You're stressing me out. Isn't that the point of it, though, is how much you can do under pressure in a video game? Well, in a video game, yeah. But in real life. Even in real life, though, things do happen. But I mean, I don't know. 30 minutes is a little nicer. Poor Miller is the sacrifice of the group because he is stuck there with Weir, basically, on the last face-off. Mm-hmm. And the ones who survive are Stark, Cooper, and Miller. Oh, no, I'm sorry. No, just Stark, Cooper, and Justin Yeah, but are the ones that make it. Before that, we, we got to back it up a little bit. Um, Weir actually gouges out his own eyes yes and he has like lacerations all over his face when he comes represents himself to miller Mm -hmm. and this is when you realize that the the ship the evil on the ship has actually possessed him yeah he he's the vessel of communication yeah weir is gone and this entity has now possessed him and is is in place and he gets into like a, a big power struggle with Miller too mm-hmm. at one point before the whole thing happens, the 10 minute countdown. Yeah. So that was pretty, to me, that part was pretty cool. The end, like all of the ending was exciting. Even when Cooper and Stark were trying to get through that door together, even though I, I mean, I had a feeling she was going to make it through the door. It's always exciting to see how, or you never know. Some yep. movies are unpredictable than killing characters. I thought it was a fun ending, and they did finally translate that message. Yes, DJ finally, and it's save yourself from hell. Right. So it wasn't save yourself. It was or liberate me or whatever, free me, it was save yourself from hell. He was literally telling them, yeah, don't. Right. 
So the movie ends with what seems like Stark coming out of stasis, but Weir is attacking her. Right. But it ends up doing like a double, a, it does a double on you. It tricks it, you. It actually you ends the way it began. Right. Because what it is, is she's having a nightmare as she's being taken out of, maybe that's part of it. Maybe when you're taken out of stasis, stasis yeah. you're in the, it produces some kind of hallucinogenic thing in your mind and your dream. But maybe. in this case, it was all evil. Yeah. <laughs> and we've got Stark, Cooper, and Justin, who's still alive, comatose, but alive, yeah. waiting to be rescued. They are rescued. And, and that's how, that's how it ends. Yeah. I think it's a great movie. I I mean, clearly I watched it twice already. I would watch this again. Yeah, me too. I actually, I really enjoyed it. It has, I mean, I think 31 is a bit rough. I do I don't too. think it's that low. I mean, it does have some cheesy 90s acting, but I don't know. I just, I, don't, I feel like that adds to it in a way. And it's not even a lot. It's just here and there. You're like, all right, this is kind of cheesy. But overall, I think the movie is effectively scary. Mm -hmm. I think it's a good story. A whole haunted ship. I mean, it's great. It's violent. It's evil. Mm -hmm. You it's know what I, what I thought was really interesting? And I don't think we talked about it too much. But is when the ship produces these weird flashbacks for each of the person with their individual traumas, they're really scary looking. Yeah, they and are. And they're very quick, so you don't have enough time to process them, mm -hmm. which I kind of like. I like yeah. that whole quick flash, and, and it's a flash that kind of stays in your head. Yeah. Like, Weir kept seeing his 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 woman, I was his wife, without eyes. Yeah. From the beginning. From the very beginning, from that first initial dream. Mm -hmm. And it's constant, but it, it gets worse as it goes on. And then you start seeing these very strange, I don't know, scenes going on. They kind of remind me of stuff that happened in the original, not the remake, of um, um, of Hellraiser. Mm. I know you don't remember the, origi mm -mm. the original, and we did see... I'm going to digress here. We saw this remake, and mm. I'm sorry. It's horrible. That was bad. It was really bad. I fell asleep. It was bad. Anyway, I digress. But <laughs> like in the original, I remember there were some very disturbing scenes with mm. the Cenobites, and it kind of reminded me of that. Okay. Like that whole part where um, Weir hangs DJ. Yeah. That is very reminiscent of the stuff that the Cenobites would do in, mm. in the original Hellraiser. I can see that. And I found it. I found those little quick flashbacks very disturbing in this movie. And I thought they were effective. I I really did enjoy it a lot. And I thought the... I didn't find that the acting was cheesy, to be honest. Well, it was once in a while. Like, I should have written it down to be... To kind of hold my argument. But it was just... Some things were a little cheesy, even how they're like resentful and angry. It's like, all right, caught, we get it, you know. But so but you think not... they they did that too much, like showing the resentment towards Weir? But I think that was part of the no. Ship. It's it's the way it was acted. It's okay. hard to describe what I mean by a little bit of a cheesy nineties. Do, do you thing. think it was overacted? Is that so what there it we is? go? It's some of the acting was a little bit overacting, mm. and that's what could. You know, but that's the 90s feel. A lot of it is a little bit of overacting. Right. But it's definitely not enough to 
not make me want to watch it or that I didn't enjoy this movie. Right. Because I think it's it's definitely a fun movie. It was scary. The other thing that I liked as a final uh, talking point, when they f- finally um, actually visually saw the last transmission from the ship. Yeah. When they visually saw what was happening, that everybody was literally going insane. Mm-hmm. On that last crew. Yeah. And it's flashes too. It's not 100% clear. Right. It's it's great because you just imagine what happened. And something that we didn't discuss is, and it's on, on that same scene, is when one of, there's a part at the very beginning when they go into the event horizon where you see like flesh and tissue on the wall. Oh, yes. In like covering, their main room. Yeah. It, it's mm-hmm. so... It's very quick, it, and and they don't focus on it a lot, but it's enough that you're like, Ew. "What the hell happened here?" Yeah, your imagination, at least mine, kind of goes wild on what that visual was to see tissue and pieces of flesh on and, and blood. Oh my god, it was pretty. I thought it was pretty well done for I back then, so. and I think it still holds up in that sense. Agreed. So. Let's dive into our categories. Yeah. So sound and movie. I think we've already talked about that. Yeah. The, the cheesy 90s music. Yeah. Um, I did love that whole recording that we played or- yes. earlier. Okay. I clearly have uh, <laughs> speech <laughs> you need problems. More coffee. In it. Yeah, I think I need more, more cafe con leche. Um, I think we covered all that. It, yes, it was cheesy. I think that part was the recording was awesome because it was literally the beginning of showing you the terror on the event horizon. So I think that was well done. Agree. Okay. Then what about best scene? For me, it's that part where Weir is sitting on the chair. Okay. And he's already, his eyes already Mm -hmm. gouged out and his flesh is, I don't know, it's all torn up Mm -hmm. and he's talking and you see the madness Mm -hmm. and you see the evil that has taken over him when he is that evil entity in the flesh. Yeah. Uh, to me, that was chilling. Mm-hmm. And I think also, I love Sam Neill. He's one of those... I didn't know you liked him that much. I do. He's one of those actors that I feel is underrated and okay. underappreciated. But I really like how he portrayed this role. Yeah. So I, I think that's why I like that scene because it's him because it's what's going on. I love that scene. What about you? For me, uh, it, I already talked about it, is when he goes into that green chip room mm-hmm. because of what I was saying that I think there's more to it in the sense of like this computer. I mean, this whole ship is just smarter than you. Yeah. And that's really scary to me. Plus, it was also... Also? Asho. Wow. <laughs> it is also visually appealing, the whole green and the way he... It also feels like, and I could just be adding like... He's so small in there. Yeah. But this is massive. Yeah. The computer is massive and you're a small man mm-hmm. in there. Compared to all of that because it's right. wall, uh, walls and walls and tunnels. And tunnels, right. Full of these boards, like yeah. chipboards or motherboards. I don't know what they're called scientifically or yeah. technically speaking, but they're computer things hanging on the wall. Yeah. It's, um, it's scary. Yeah, that is scary. When you look at it that way, yeah, for sure. Okay, what about best character? You know, <laughs> is it Weir? Yes. Okay. And it's he's also my best unlikable character because I can see that. 
yeah, he's just I, I loved him in both in both aspects. I think he did great as a character. Mm-hmm. Um, and but also as when he he transforms. Yeah, because at the beginning, I kind of feel sorry for him. I feel that he's driven. He's got all this guilt that he's dealing with. Yeah. But as the movie progresses, you see him evolve into the nightmare that is the event horizon. Mm-hmm. What about you? What's your best character? I actually chose Captain Miller. I liked him. I liked his very straightforward. Mm-hmm. He wanted to help and get these people out. I liked his drive. But at the and I have Weir as unlikable. But he is likable because he's a good villain. Mm -hmm. He's a fun villain to watch. And it's fun to see him, like you said, be this driven guy Mm -hmm. and then turn into a A monster. monster. Yeah. Yeah. And I have to give Sam Neill that as well because I've I've only seen him in this and Jurassic Park. Oh, no. I don't think I've seen him in anything else. So as an actor to go from Jurassic Park where you're, oh, you're the fun archaeologist and you're cool Mm -hmm. right as a kid. But to see, I think it's always fun to see actors transform, especially into a good villain, because mm-hmm. I think that's hard to do. Yeah. And fun. He actually did The Omen, the second one. Oh, okay. And that's the first, my first ever introduction to who Sam Neill was. Mm. And he would, since then, he would pop up in so many movies. Okay. You have to see it only, if only just to see him really young. Yeah, because I don't think I, well, Jurassic Park, like I said, is... And I haven't seen it in years, but I'm going to speak only to my remembering back then I enjoyed the movie, The Omen 2. Okay. And I think I enjoyed it because of his role in it. So that's a movie to, to, maybe that's going to be one of our retro movies later in the future. Who knows? I don't know. Got to think about it. Works for me. Um, (laughs) All right. So let's move on to what character would you be? And for you... You are definitely Lieutenant Stark. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, my God. They couldn't have cookie-cuttered her out of your personality more than her. Guys, there's something wrong. Yeah. There is something wrong. (laughs) Run. (laughs) Why is no one listening? (laughs) Yes, I have to agree with you there. And I survived, so that's a great thing. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I actually have to change this. I actually put Miller for you, but I'm going to put Weir for you. What? Yeah. Okay. Explain both. Both characters? Yeah, explain at first why you had Miller and now you're changing it to Weir. <laughs> All right. Great. So here we go. This will All be right. fun. So Miller because you are you would be a leader. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you I can see you being the captain and trying to make this work so that we are all working 20 hours to get our, <laughs> ourselves back home. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. But with Weir, I see you as driven mm-hmm. with this machine or your creation. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, I can see you being crazy. So it's kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit of fun in there. Okay. All right. I'll take that. I'm, yeah. I'm good with that. Hey, you're, if you're comparing me to the Sam Neil character, I'm good with that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why you're, I can choose both. Weir is more for the fun of it mm-hmm. that... And I'm more now. I'm also thinking of it as an actor's perspective. Like I think if you were an actress, you would be a good villain. Oh yeah, or a fun, crazy person. I would play any of the. If I yeah. were in acting, those would be the roles that I would seek out. Yeah, I figured because they're they're fun. Yeah, and I can just see you 
being really diving those? into that. It's not a bad Boy, thing. what does that say about me? I don't know. <laughs> Jack. <laughs> does this movie hold up? Yeah. Yeah. I'm for me it does. So can't complain. <laughs> yeah. All right, and next are seven rules on how to survive a horror movie. We watch these movies, see what rules are broken, and then just add them up. Yep. Go ahead and start us off. All right, so number one, don't say hello or who's there. Rule number two, turn on the lights. Rule number three, don't split up. Rule number four, don't go upstairs, basement, or attic. Or the ship. Mm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Rule number five, why are you going in there if it says don't enter? Abandoned ship. Mm Mm-hmm. Rule number six, make sure the bad guy is dead. And rule number seven, no Ouija board or seance. So I have, why are you going in there? Like, mm-hmm. why are we doing, why are you going into this ship? Yeah. Why did Justin put his hand in there? Mm-hmm. You know, don't do these things. They split up all the time. Constantly. I kind of understand why though, because, you know, you have these two working on the ship, you have everybody doing their duty, mm-hmm. but I don't know. At least don't be alone. Always have a buddy system. Yeah. At least. Yeah. Anything else that you found? Well, do you consider the 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 gravity core, whatever the hell it's like called? Like a seance? A, like a Ouija board or a seance? You can. It's a gateway. It's, Maybe yeah. we should change that. Don't open any gateway. <laughs> right. And that can encompass. But see, like I see a Ouija board or a seance as a gateway. So right. the core itself would be that gateway. I can see that. So yeah, that, that would be my only other one that I would add to it. Okay, so three out of seven. Yeah. Not too many rules broken, but significant ones mm-hmm. were broken. Yep. And last but certainly not least, Scream Award. How many times does Erica scream in a movie? <laughs> Actually put zero out of five. Yeah, I put zero for you too. Yeah. It wasn't that kind of movie. Right. It was more mental. Yeah. Mental scary. Mm-hmm. We rented this movie on Amazon. You can also rent it on Apple TV, Vudu, and Redbox. I had a lot of fun talking about this movie. Me too. I I loved talking about the whole fear of space, everything. The actor. Now you need to go see a bunch of Sam Neill movies. I guess so. Um, You need to watch Peaky Blinders. I know. You need to discuss this before I forget all about it. Okay. (laughs) And that's a wrap on Event Horizon. Thank you for joining us today on Horror Cafe Podcast. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at our handle at Horror Cafe Podcast. Make sure you also check out our YouTube channel, Horror Cafe Gaming, where I, Erica, live stream horror video games. If you're enjoying the podcast, leave us a review on Apple Podcast and Spotify. That'll really help us out. And you can also visit our website and listen to our episodes there. You can find us at horrorcafepodcast.com. And if you're so inclined, drop us a snail mail, which is now email at info at horrorcafepodcast.com. We love getting emails and we do reply. Or you can DM us on Facebook or Instagram. And until next time, stay spooky. Stay spooky. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.